0: Welcome everyone to Deb and Friends Quest for Connection. This is not Deb Bowen, but this is Dale Rutman. And don't get worried. We have Deb Bowen here, but and we we have her, but she's not tied up for anything. We don't have her as a hostage. We have her as a guest today. Welcome, Deb. How are you?
1: Well, I'm fine, Dale.
0: And this is really weird, but it's great. So thank you so very much for this. (laughs) Well, thank you for being a good sport. (laughs) We have decided, and we've uh, twisted your arm a little bit, and we have decided that we would like to get to know more about you. And I think the listeners would like to know a little bit more about you. And so we had we pitched it to you to come on as a guest, and you agreed to do it. And the reason that I wanted to do the show this way is because there's so many things that you do, and there's so many things you're passionate about, that I wanted to know everything you do. And I'm not so sure that you've had an opportunity. You have always are promoting someone else. And I'm not sure if you've had the opportunity to actually take the time to explain what you do and offer the information to us about all the things you're into and why you are into them. So um, today we're going to ask you a lot of questions. And I say we because I'm hoping that I'm speaking for all the listeners out there. So if you're ready for that, I think we can get going. What do you think? And I'm not sure if you're still there. If you are, you can just come right back in. Um, I'll just keep talking and tell the listeners a little bit about Deb a little bit about what I know. Sometimes we get these weird connections and of course we always have technical difficulties. And Deb, are you back?
1: I am back. I'm so sorry. Uh, I disappeared on it. you. Just you know the modern world of technology. That's one of the things I can talk about is how ironic it is that I am living in this technology world. And have such a love-hate relationship with it, especially with Mercury in retrograde. But I'm sorry. Thank you. And what what were you talking about while I was?
0: Talking? I was I was just telling the listeners that um, I I thought I had lost you. I was just telling them I thought I had lost you, and then I said, you know, she'll you know she'll be back and just just pop right back in. And I was just going to talk a little bit about you uh, before you came back in. So. So you're back in, and and we're glad you're back, but I wanted to use the word we because I want to speak for all of us listeners. I actually had someone email me to say, you know, what would it be like to spend a day with Deb? Because I had said um, that I had been to visit you, and and she said, oh, that is so wonderful. You know, what would it be like to spend a day with Deb? And I was thinking, you know, maybe we should do this kind of a show because I know that um, just knowing you for as long as I've known you, that you so believe in connection and you are a spiritual educator and you work hard to do that and you educate constantly in very many ways. And you you love Mother Earth, and you really do do your own work with meditation. Uh, with you 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 walk and and you're mindful when you do walk on Mother Earth. And there's so many things that you do, and I really wanted a chance to have you sort of. Share all of that with our listeners, so they would know just how hard you do work for all of us so um, i'm going to let you sort of take that for just a few minutes and sort of tell us a little bit about that I'll be happy to
1: you know Dale that was that whole notion of connectedness um, was the reason for this podcast uh, to connect with all of our listeners for us to as host, to connect with each other, for us to connect with Mother Earth. I, all, of, all of that's an important piece of the puzzle for me. Um, and okay. some years ago, let, let me kind of start with that.
0: Some years
1: ago, ago um, actually 18, 19 years ago, I was absolutely blessed, and it's a long and convoluted story how, but I was absolutely blessed to uh, spend some time on the Rosebud Reservation, uh, the Lakota Rosebud Reservation in South Dakota, where I have spent a lot of time over now the past almost 20 years and was really blessed with amazing teachers there, uh, people who offered to teach me. As a, which came as a result of an experience I had on a hillside with an eagle one day. But anyway, they, these folks offered to, to be my teachers. And I asked them, these two wonderful old men, one of whom is now no longer with us uh, on this plane, uh, I said, what, what would you have me do to say thank you to you for the teachings that you are willing to share with me? And wonderful Uncle Albert said, go home and teach to your people the concept of matakiasi. Now, you'll have to bear with me here, folks, because that is a terrible southern way of saying that lovely, lovely sentence. But it translates, we are all related. But it doesn't just mean, oh, we're all brothers and sisters and isn't that nice. That's not what it means to me. And certainly from what I was taught. It is a much deeper concept. It is a concept of physics. It is a concept of creation that goes back thousands and thousands of years. It is a concept of no hierarchy, that all beings are equal and have a job to do and a responsibility and a connectedness as a part of the whole on this planet. It was a concept of connection to a living, breathing planet long before the concept probably of the Gaia principle came into the world of science. It is a notion that everything has energy and everything is sentient. I remember being in a sweat lodge one time and as the rocks came in to to uh, to the lodge as they were being shoveled in, I remember hearing um, one of my teachers say, these rocks are our brothers and sisters. We work with them. And beautiful. The, isn't that, beautiful? that is beautiful? And so I know that the, so those teachings formed and informed uh, a part of what I believe and the work that I do. And my, my evolution into being a spiritual educator, uh, doing the psychic work that I have done over many years, all goes back to this concept of bringing together spirit and science and be, um, all sorts of, of thoughts, schools of thought, and the people who think them and write about them. And those of us who learn something new from them Every single day, and, so, and so,
0: is, so is that word strictly a Lakota word?
1: Yes, it is, is. It is the Lakota language, and it's two words actually. It's the first mm-hmm. word is mataki, and it's spelled M mm-hmm. I spelled M I T A K U Y E, and the second word is Oyasin, O Y A S I N. So and and they it's spoken differently than it looks. But it's metopia. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that is certainly a, two words that we could all have hanging over our doorways and in our offices and at our front door or on our bar, in our kitchen, kitchen, um, <laughs> as a reminder. That would be. And, and in whatever a beautiful language
1: thing. you speak. Absolutely, in whatever language you speak, I am. We are all related, and I have to tell you, all after right. all these years, I have many friends who, as a result of having either been to the reservation with me or um, or being my friend, have those words tattooed on their bodies. Oh wow! I, I have two friends who have those words tattooed on their bodies in my handwriting. Wow! <laughs> I know that's that weird.
0: is. That is very profound, very <laughs> profound. And so it started there. Is that where you're saying that your um, your spiritual no, walk no, no. really started or it started way before that? Way before that. You know,
1: and I think this is probably true for everybody who's listening to this show. There's a um, an evolution, I think, that we all go through as we learn and explore and experience ourselves as that balance of mind, body, spirit. And I certainly, I began my journey as a uh, Protestant Christian. I I grew up in a Presbyterian church and was absolutely blessed to have uh, a Sunday school teacher in high school who encouraged exploration of world beliefs and world cultures. And I had a father who did too, and that helped a whole lot. So, uh, and not to mention that I am—I'm going to tell everybody how old I am here, but I am old enough that I was a member of the dawning of the age of Aquarius in the 1960s. So, <laughs> so, so you oh, know yeah. that um, <laughs> that influenced me a whole lot. I mean, the Beatles went to India, and woohoo, the world opened up. You know, that is for um, sure. You know, I remember listening to Ravi Shankar and and thinking, whoa, there's a whole other world out there, you know, and, right. and there was, you know, there was, and I, I can't even tell you how much music has influenced uh, who I am and what I believe and, and how I think about the world around me. But in any case, um, in, in the early, in the late 60s, I, I began to really explore and look at world beliefs, other than the Christianity in which I had been reared.
0: Right, and right.
1: then I met two people who have had for almost 50 years, I, I've got to cry when I talk about this. Two people okay. that I met.
0: It's okay. It's We have 20 exes. It's okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> two, two people who who then and still today, dramatically impact my journey and one of them is our lovely co-host Joel Hawkins who has been my friend for nearly 50 years and a gentle spirit what a gentle spirit I can't tell you how much I love my friend Joel And, Mm. and what a gift he has been to me for so many years in so many ways and one of them is that we have walked this journey together there have been places where we've deviated and come and gone back and forth along the way but and there are things he knows a whole lot more about than I do, uh, and I'm grateful for that. But but Joel and I have walked this journey for all these years, along with our lovely friend Granny Jean, the palm reader and the basket weaver. And oh, Granny yeah. Jean,
0: oh, my <laughs> gosh,
1: You're, and you know Granny Jean. Uh, Granny yeah, she's Jean a
0: wise, California. wise woman.
1: Yes. She is yes.
0: indeed.
1: She is mm-hmm. indeed. And so in the early 70s, the three of us, Embarked on this journey, and where we lived, whoo! I mean, you know, the only thing you could get was occult stuff, and you know, uh, stuff that was not where we were going. And we knew, we knew even then, mm-hmm. that there was something right. else.
0: And yeah, so all you could get was the woo 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 stuff. woo, woo stuff. <laughs> right, and we weren't gonna go with the woo 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 stuff. We weren't. We weren't there. Right. but when.
1: When this idea, and I use this word in quotations, of new age thought came into being in the late 70s, mid mid to late 70s, and certainly through the 1980s, whew, the world opened up. And actually, I remember, oh, golly, I was in, I was still in middle school. Well, back then we called it junior high. I guess when I read Ruth Montgomery's book about Jean Dixon, uh, yeah, a gift of prophecy, yes. mm-hmm. and then I read Ruth Montgomery's A Search for the Truth, and that led me to Arthur Ford and to Edgar Casey, and the list goes on and on and on. So I'd really begun that process well before the New Age movement came into being, but but it all kind of coalesced
0: into that into right. that place in the eighties. Right. Yes. Well, I would think once you read Edgar Cayce, you just, there's no going back from any of that, you know, I mean, those people were just such pioneers and um, once you got, you know, once you got to that level, it was like, you know, you you just have to just keep going forward and you're, you're never the same after that. Either you resonated or you didn't, you know. Absolutely. You, You had to go that way. So this was in the '80s, you say, and um, so were you at that point pretty sure about what you what felt right to you, or were you still searching a little bit? Had your had your other gifts come in? Had they kicked in, like your psychic abilities, those kind of things yet? Yeah,
1: yeah. The psychic abilities have been with me since I was a child. As a very Uh small child, I. could see my spirit guide standing at the foot of my bed. And he always stood with his back to me. It So very rarely when he would turn around and look at me. And it took me a long time, many years, to realize and to understand that he was there to protect me. He didn't need to look right. at me. He needed to be sure of the world around me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I knew about him. I certainly had many psychic experiences as a child and and as a teenager, uh, when I got that first deck of tarot cards in 1983, 82, 83, I, I'd come home. Um, I knew that, and I think I said this on an earlier podcast at some point. I, I knew that there was such in knowledge and information in the symbolism in those cards. And at the same time that I was uh, embarking on my journey into working with Tarot, I was also studying Jungian psychology. Okay. And, yeah. and so, of course, the two are very closely connected in, in many ways. So that was great.
0: Right. Uh, so
1: all of this right. kind of began to, to really coalesce for me. So, yes, there was the, there was the psychic path there was the search for uh, meta, meaning beyond physical information, and certainly there was my spiritual path. And I, I went back and forth with um, Christianity for some time, partly uh, because that's kind of what you was I was supposed to do. And I Why? realized eventually that 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 wasn't what most resonated for me. While I certainly have a lot of respect for um, the patriarchal religions, it really was coming together with an earth-based belief that really got um, fortified with my work with my teachers on the Lakota Reservation. And then I began Um, to meet and move into a much more pagan perspective
0: right my, and my what about the pagan what about the pagan perspective drew you what was there an experience that you had was it um, um a ritual that you and you know that you were involved in what about that sort of drew you i i have been
1: really i've done a lot of studying about the goddess tradition
0: and the divine Which feminine is so beautiful yes, yes. It, it
1: really it, it is to me and I, and i don't and i i often found that in some of the early readings that i was doing i would see where it, it was still a patriarchal mindset but the writer had just substituted a feminine energy there and that's that's not what for me that divine feminine is about so i really began to Experienced what it was like, and, and having Mother Earth and Mother Ocean uh, really drew me to the idea of the Divine Feminine. And interestingly, it it's like a pendulum. I had to swing far away from the patriarchy to the matriarchy until I could finally come back to to finding center, which I'm I'm still working on. Uh, right. I'm still working on that because i I now have a group of friends with whom I practice uh, and work with the Wheel of the Year, and we are a group of men and women who work together, so we honor both the divine feminine and the divine masculine in our work together
0: oh, that's wonderful, then you then you have the balance there you have the balance right
1: you know, the, i'm working on it <laughs> yeah
0: i mean and and the whole world is working on it uh yeah, really hard. Yeah, you know, and that's that's important right now to, to do that, to do that. So, you, you know, the way I see you, this is who I see when I see Deb, is I see the intuitive. I see the teacher educator. I see the writer. I see the nurturer. You're, you're such a strong nurturer. I mean, you have taken so many people, and become a mentor for them you know young people older people uh, you know the downtrodden the uptrodden is that a word i don't know but <laughs> but i mean you've taken in so many people that were just so so just wanting information or they had lost their place or space or and you've taken them in and helped them find You know, sure footing, you know, um, and a lot of people don't know that, like, you're a writer. You write. You have a passion for it. You're good at it. it. You know, you you teach, you educate, and you're really good at it. And so can you choose one of those things and sort of tell us a little bit about that? Elaborate for us?
1: sure i'll be happy to try let me talk about the writing for a minute first um okay i um i wrote a book about grief some years ago that really was meant to be a very long thank you note to people who were so wonderful to me
0: when both my parents
1: died um and that book was published uh easily quickly by what was the title uh, of that
0: book dad the what name of the book title? is
1: a the name of the book is "A Good Friend for Bad Times," helping a others through grief. It. A okay. good friend for bad times, and and it was published ironically by a Lutheran publishing house. It was translated okay. into German. It's still available in uh, both paperback and um, on Kindle. Okay. So um, that book has has been out there for a, a while now. But you know, I I have to tell you when when that book came out. I was doing a book signing at a local bookstore, and a gal that I had gone to school with in the third grade came to the book signing to buy a copy of my book, and I was so honored that she had come. And she said to me, "Do you remember in the third grade when Mrs. Matthews asked everybody what we were going to be when we grew up? You said a writer." And I laughed and said, "I, (laughs) it's so funny." I laughed and, and said, "Well." I don't remember saying that, but I don't doubt that I did, And I remember thinking, I won't think of myself as a real writer until I have published fiction. Ah. Now over the years, uh-huh, over the years, I have written, uh, like I said, this this book about grief, and I have written some academic publications and uh, you know, some other stuff, but until my novel is published. I, I don't feel mm-hmm. like I'm complete, and and I have to tell you, uh, and it's finished. And I have a novel that is finished. It is an environmental mystery. Uh, and has been edited uh, and reviewed by some professional folks who say it's, I'm, I'm in it, it's really quite good. It's it's wonderful. All I need now is an agent, and I am certainly looking for the right agent, uh, and have been now for a little while, but I keep saying, look at J.K. Rowling. Look at J.K. Rowling. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And if if there's an agent out there, I want them to step up because I want to read that book. (laughs) I want to read that book. And
1: I want you to hold it in your
0: hand. I do. (laughs) I do, too. And uh, my husband, like, he he, he loves to read a book, and he loves to hold it and smell the pages and all that stuff, and and I, I, too. Um, and so I'd, I would love to hold that one in my hand. What is an environmental, uh, did you say environmental mystery? Is that what you said? Environmental? I did. I did.
1: I did say that. What is an that? Environmental mystery. Well, you know, that's an, it's, an, it's a fairly new, as genres go, fairly new genre of literature. And the idea is that there are writers out there, like me, who uh, have written books about what we need to do to, to preserve and take care of our environment in whatever way it may be. And and there's always this sense of tension in these mysteries where uh, somebody gets killed. Some bad things are happening. And mm-hmm. uh, and that's what this was. And, and when I started the novel, I didn't start out for it to be a mystery. That was not uh, how I had mapped out the book. And it became very quickly apparent that um, somebody in the novel needed to die in in order to to propel the story along. So that was an interesting process. Uh, Thank goodness I have very good friends in law enforcement who were um, great um, mentors and consultants for me. So, I mean, I've never... Touched a gun, so that was an interesting
0: <laughs> but well that sounds <laughs> like a, that sounds did. like a seasoned writer Well, somebody's just got to die. That sounds like a seasoned <laughs> writer to me. Somebody's got to die here, so uh here we go <laughs> yeah,
1: well that's exactly what happened and Mike and I'll tell you this too and, and i and I know this is true because i've certainly uh i mean I'm a member of my state writers' network, and so I have a lot of other friends who are writers and and we 're always just amazed at some of the things our characters say. I'll be writing along, and somebody will say something. I'll say, wait, wait, wait! Did you really just say that? And she did. <laughs> I was surprised. As surprised as anybody about that. So, so in any case, so I have a novel that's ready to be published with, uh, and and I'm looking for the right agent for that. I have a seri- a series of essays that I am working on uh, about the environment and um, a way of life of fisher folk so that book is in progress i have an oracle deck that i'm not ready to talk about yet that uh, is going to be out and available within the next few months
0: oh this sounds sounds really so there's a there's a book that's
1: it is exciting, isn't it? So there's, a, you know, it's a deck of cards okay. and a book like, like Oracle deck. so that's what that is. And then finally, and this is just for me, really, uh, and, and my community, I'm embarking on, I've been taking some training and learning how to do an oral history project so that I can record and preserve some of the history from the uh, old locals in my community and put that in the state archives. Wow.
0: Wow, Deb. And we thought you just did a simple little blog talk radio show uh, once a week. And we just thought that's all you did. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> we see, we, <laughs> now we see all the things that you, you do. I mean, you just are constantly, constantly in, into one uh, project or one thing or another. And um and it, it's—I mean—you have such a diverse, interesting life. Um, what about what about what you teach? Tell us a little bit about that. Tell, well, tell okay,
1: us. I can I can do that. I, I I'm happy to talk about what I teach,
0: and also about
1: just another concept that's kind of a guiding principle of of my work. Um, but we're
0: about at the halfway mark. Yeah, we are. Halfway. Um, I thought we had a couple more minutes, but yeah, we're we we're halfway mark and. Go ahead and, and I'll let you take this since you're better at it than I am. <laughs> so, go ahead.
1: <laughs> I, I will be happy to do that. Um, folks, let me tell you a little bit about Quest for Connection podcast and what we're all about here. Um, this podcast airs, a new podcast, airs every Tuesday night on Blog Talk Radio at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, so you're listening to this either at that time on uh, the 14th of August or sometime thereafter, you can also hear it on not only on Blog Talk Radio, but on iTunes. And periodically, we upload a batch of uh, episodes to our YouTube channel. So there's three outlets in which you can actually hear the podcast, Blog Talk, iTunes, and YouTube. In addition to that, we have a um, Facebook page, We have an Instagram account, which our lovely friend Anita runs. Uh, We have an email address, and you can get all of this information, if you can't remember all of the stuff I'm saying, on my website, which is debbowen.com, D-E-B-B-O-W-E-N, two Bs. So you can connect with us in lots of those ways. We also have an email address, which you can also find there, which we're just delighted to, to hear from you and uh, so appreciate uh, your ideas as well. So those are many ways in which you can connect with us and we can connect back to you. So thank you for that, Dale.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have um, some openings in uh, in August and to do some readings, and you can uh, contact me with uh email Dale V A L E Rut R U T one at gmail dot com. I also have some classes coming up and if you're interested in those just email me and I will get you the information and you can join in some of my classes. So um back to to talking with you Deb. and um um did we do we did we leave anything out on the writing? Should we, can we move on to no, more of what you so. teach or do you? Okay. The right. other so Well, actually we did. About, and
1: that. Oh, okay. Wait, there, there was one thing. Uh, and that is, um, blogging. I blog and oh. not very consistently, <laughs> but, but on my website <laughs> there, uh, there is a, a blog and, uh, It's there that I have written uh, mostly about my connection to the energy that presents itself as Mary Magdalene. Oh, yes. Yeah.
0: That's interesting. And everyone listening should really, really tune in uh, or come in and read that because that is getting more and more interesting as time goes on. So, I really encourage everyone to please at least go and read that at least once, and then I think you'll read it again and again because it's new information every time, and this is really channeled information. So, uh, and perfect information for the times we're living in right now. So, yeah, uh, that's good. And I haven't,
1: I haven't published a blog post about that in a right good while, uh, but I will. Uh, that's that's coming, so yeah, so in addition to to that there's the the blogging, but you yeah. asked me about courses that I teach and and you know that really is um, where i 'm being called to put a lot of my energy right now it's it's in my writing and working on the novel and the essays and getting prepared for the winter for that oral history project and and my courses and I teach. Um, over the telephone. And my students, folks who have taken classes with me, tell me that they really love doing it this way. I, I'm not good with that whole webinar thing, you know, where I got to put on makeup and do all that stuff. I'm just not, that's just not kind of the kind of gal I am. Um, no. And I'm I'm much happier talking to you on the telephone with handouts and, and whatnot. And so that works out really well. When I teach a class, um, for the most part, uh, I have students from around the world. Uh, for example, the class I'm teaching in right now, I have somebody from Canada. Uh, oh. The last class i taught, mm-hmm. I've taught people, I've had people in the class from various countries in Europe, from Australia, you know. So so mm-hmm. that's been seeing really just, if you can come up with an inexpensive way to use your telephone for an international call, you can call in. And that's exactly what happens is folks call into a conferencing center and we just talk on the phone. And right now, for example, I'm teaching a class on what to do when you feel off your path in your life.
0: And that
1: class is, we're in the middle of that class right now.
0: So what do you do when... That's perfect. I and mean, how, everybody you know, everybody gets off their path. I mean, you bet. <laughs> I don't know the single person that can't use that one, myself included. You know?
1: Well, I w- exactly. That's one of the things about this class was, I, you know, the old adage we teach best that which we most need to learn. And um, um, here I am, always.
0: Yes, always. I think
1: it. we all are, we all do that. And uh, I finished a class. It was a an eight week class just uh, a couple of weeks ago on the Pagan Wheel of the Year and honoring the cycles of the season. So i just finished that class up as well. Uh, I teach classes on crystals and chakras and on uh, manifesting and working with numerology and pendulum, how to connect with your spirit guide. I mean, these are just some topics of things i taught this
0: so, past year. So how, how do you go about choosing a topic for a class? How, how does that come to you? somebody suggest it. I have people
1: who come to me and ask me to teach it. Okay.
0: So, and I think that's great because I really believe in that our guides and angels will send you people. Once you say, okay, I'm open to teach. I'm willing to do this as a service to mankind. I really believe that they will send you people that, that need to hear whatever it is you have to say, and those people will pretty much tell you what they need. And I think it's amazing that the next thing you know, you're willing to pull, pull the class, you know, class material together, pull whatever it is that you have for them together, and you turn around and you've got 10 people. I think yep. the universe, it's amazing how the universe does that. And then when you, make, too, when you put the class together, get the class together, and there are ten people that are so well—I mean, they're so well-formed, you know—they have so much in common, and then they—they they connect. The next thing you know, they're Facebooking. They're—don't you think it's amazing how that happens? You know?
1: I—I mean, I, I tell you what, I sure do, it—and it, and it does happen. It really does indeed happen. In fact, uh, and just, yes, spirit sends the right people when when that when you're in the flow of that energy. The other thing spirit also does is sends you the right material. Oh yeah, because yeah. uh huh. You know, I, I will give you an example. As I was putting together the material for this flame and being on uh, the, the igniting your flame course, I was. I was just standing in front of my bookshelf, and I said, okay, what book do I need to read that will help me for this course? What what can I best work with? And, boys, you know, Spirit sent me exactly the right book. I mean, my hand just reached out and grabbed it. And it's a book I've read a lot, you know, but I was seeing it through the eyes of, of how it might be helpful for this course. And that's true for several other books that I have, have been working with. So, you know, yes, you you get the right people, you get the right topic for whatever folks need at the time, and you get the right material to, to work with them, to share with them.
0: I know. It yeah. just falls in, in perfect. It just falls in line, you know. Um, it does. All you have to do is just be willing. And, and I, a lot of times, you, you know, if you'll notice, you'll hear people say, I really should teach a class on this. I really should teach a class on that. And and nothing ever happens with it, you know. But if you ever say, yes, I'll be willing to do it, even though you've never taught that class on that particular subject or whatever, you know, material, um, if you're willing to do it, then the universe will make it easy for you. It will provide people. It will provide um, what you need. It will provide peace in your mind when you meditate, in order for them to give you the information for you to pass along. And you're a big meditator. I mean, you meditate, so it's easy for the universe to tell you and bring to you information, and esoteric information that you can teach to your students. So that's very powerful.
1: Well, it really it is and you know and, and over these years i have watched
0: um
1: folks circle back through information that they need again they're it's kind of like peeling away an onion you know they learn for example uh something about chakras and and energy centers and now they're ready to go deeper so i see that sometimes and then i also see folks who are just where they are on the path and just beginning um I, I had an email from uh, somebody just a few weeks ago who said, what is a chakra? I oh,
0: said, okay, yeah.
1: you know, all right, we, we here we go. And so people jump on the path from wherever it is they jump on the path and and need some basic information and, and also need uh, different information. So another thing, Dale, that, that I have done that I keep toying with and, and I'm just waiting for a sign for, that it's the right time to do this. But over the years, uh, since m- about 2006, I think it was, I have done retreats. I've done weekend work where we've gathered for uh, some kind of a, a focus in, in a lovely wooded or beach setting. And, and I'm feeling that that time is coming again, where it may be retreat time again. Mm-hmm. I've also recently been asked uh, to do a croning ceremony, to do a croning workshop of some sort. And I'm working and on what, that.
0: I've, what, what, is, what would that look like? What is a croning ceremony?
1: Well, you know, if you, if you email me, my email address is deb.bowen.crone. And mm-hmm. crone means old, wise old woman in the Celtic tradition. And I'd like to think of myself as wise. I'm not sure I really am, but I'm certainly old. And so I'm a clone. I'm past menopause. And oh, okay. <laughs> that's the technical okay. meaning
0: of the word, you know. And okay, yeah. um, so uh, there's a,
1: um, a movement that's been around for a while now of, of doing uh, a ceremony, some kind of a ritual in which we honor getting older. Okay. And I did I did a, a croning ceremony locally some years ago. In fact Susan and I did that together uh locally. And it was a lovely day. It was a Saturday kind of experience where folks came from all over and we, we really honored the divine feminine in her Hecate form, the, the the goddess Hecate, the goddess of the crossroads, the uh the older woman form if you look for Persephone, Demeter, and Hecate, the maiden mother crone. And so that was a lovely event and something that we may be doing again.
0: You just never know. Oh, that sounds wonderful. I mean, I think that anything that you can put into a sacred space and make a sacred space for is, it gives it power, it gives it honor, and I think it makes it so much easier to connect with it. You know, and just going somewhere away from all of the madness, you know, um, and having that time to do that, you just come away feeling like I just I'm refreshed, I'm renewed, I'm peaceful. Uh, I love that. I, I love retreats. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Wish I could live in a retreat. I love them. Really do. Isn't that That's wonderful.
1: (laughs) And, and, you know, that that brings me to the other thing I I said a minute ago before the break that I wanted us to talk about, because I, I learned a long time ago, and I have to keep relearning this, that one of my life's purposes in this lifetime is to simply hold sacred space. That what I teach may or may not matter, that what I do may or may not matter. What matters is that I am a, a holder of a container in which people find themselves. They don't find me. I don't find them for themselves. They find themselves. And And it's not so scary when you set out to really find yourself if you've got somebody who's holding the container for you and you know that there's safety there.
0: Can you kind and of like give us an example of of, of that? Like, sure.
1: Would it be somebody that was
0: just starting their, their spiritual path or something like that? Or that how yes, would that?
1: or somebody who's making a big change on their spirit on their path. Here here's an example of that. Um in two thousand and six I did a retreat with a lovely friend of mine uh, who is a minister. Uh, And the name of the retreat was Practical Spirituality for Women, Creating Peace in Ourselves and Our World. That's the name of the retreat. And one of the women who came to the retreat, and we had had 75 women at this retreat. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people. I know. We had 75 women. And one of the people who came to the retreat was a woman who was in corporate America and pretty high up in corporate America and she had been struggling with wanting something different in her life and feeling a call to do something different with her life but she wasn't quite sure what and she certainly wasn't sure that she was willing to jump out of a secure steady job and into another world so At the end of this retreat, we created a ritual where we invited people to come forward with a pebble, a stone that we had put out, a basket of stones, and to drop that pebble into a big foot washing tub of water. And as the pebble hit the tub and the ripples spread outward, we invited people to talk about what they might be willing to do on the next phase of their journey to create peace in the world.
0: Oh God! And
1: to end and to end that discussion, however, whatever they said, with the words, "I don't know where the ripples may lead." And so I'm going to cry again. I'm so going to cry this, too, so go ahead. So, okay, so when this particular woman came up to the big bucket, and she had her stone in her hand, and she said, I quit. I'm leaving my job, and I'm going to work for peace. And oh, I don't wow. know where the, I, And the, I don't know where the ripples will lead. Today, <gasps> that woman is a peace activist for older women in, in a wonderful organization. And she has done just that. She quit her job and went to work for peace. So a I didn't perfect have anything example. To do. I know. <laughs> I didn't have anything to do with that. All I did was have a retreat and hold space. And and the, the changes in her life were her own. Wow. Yeah. You just helped
0: her see through it. She got clarity. I didn't do
1: anything. I just held the space.
0: Right, by holding the space. Yes. That's
1: all but, I did was the space.
0: And she left that retreat with, with total clarity. And she sure did. How wonderful for her. Yeah, how wonderful she is, because. She's an amazing woman. And she can work the rest of her life and her passion.
1: She sure has. She sure that, has.
0: That is just a great, great story. Absolutely. Um, that could be a good book right there. <laughs>
1: trying
0: to get her to write it because she's a great writer too she's she's wonderful oh gosh so um you know you've also you've mentored so many people too um you know just in not just in okay this it's official I'm going to mentor you but unofficially quietly privately can you sort of share with with us um, some stories that are successful, you know, no names or anything like that, but can you just sort of share with us some people that you've uh, quietly mentored that have come out at the other end and, and have been successful? I know some of them have been younger, you know. I know you see a lot of promise in, in youth. You know, in younger people where a lot of people think that uh, the kids today are just you know write them off, that kind of thing. And you see a lot of promise in them, and you see a lot of them being very insightful and uh, extraordinarily intelligent. So oh, I do. Is there any story that you could share with the listeners just to give us that same view of our young people today? Well, you know, I, I tell people all the time that
1: my students have been my best teachers. Mm. Uh, I, I, really, they, they have. You know, I spent some years in a traditional classroom in mm. academia, and mm. whoa, I mean, I learned so much from, from my students uh, about the world. I, 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 I was getting ready to retire I said to my uh, last group of students, I said, promise me that you will stay in touch with me and share new music with me because I'm so afraid that I won't know about new music that's wonderful coming out. And they have. I'll get, and I'll get cool. a, a, I know it. I'll get a link to something on YouTube sometimes and say, here, Deb, check these people out. And I go, okay. And sometimes I like them and sometimes I don't, but I always check them out. Uh, because I think that's that's wonderful that they they share that with me, but you know I think that um, I, I, I don't know. I, I think that that it isn't so much thinking of myself as a mentor again as it's honoring an intrinsic um, attributes that that they already have within them. And, and oh. they just sometimes need somebody to go. Hey, I'm I'm a really big cheerleader. You got this. Go, you can do this. And they do. Okay. They do.
0: They just you know, need for somebody else to see it too.
1: They need somebody else to see it too. They need somebody to go. I I'm I'm enjoying learning from you and listening to you and you. Let's you know. Let's share. I, I've always said to my students that that teaching is collaboration it's not me knowing more than it's it's back to matakiasi. it's oh. that we you know we all share information i may act as the facilitator but i don't necessarily know more than you do and i certainly don't know your story so mm. let's work on this together <laughs> i remember yeah. i was working I was working from some another faculty member's notes one time in class, and they weren't making a darn bit of sense to me or my students. And I had a student <laughs> who said,
0: I had a student who said, Deb, what are
1: we trying to accomplish here? What What is happening here? And I said, well, here's where we're trying to go. And he said, well, let's just throw the notes out and uh, and do what we think is the right thing to be doing here in this project. And so I sat down and said, well, I handed him the um, – you know the dry erase marker thing, and said, "Well, here, if you've got it in your head, you teach us," and he did. Wow. And and I sat in the sat down in his chair, and he got up on the board, and he we, we he walked us through it, and and so that's to me the way. For me, that's part of being a good teacher is being a good student.
0: And so you so you think the student actually comes into the classroom with all of the answers but a good teacher shows them that they have the answers kind of a thing. Yeah. yeah yeah i think
1: so and and yeah. you know and it's about you know
0: it, it is partly that respect thing um
1: and you know you know yes they they may not know all the technical stuff they're supposed to do and and, and they may not know how to study they might not know they know how but they if you just how you approach it you know it's right. just how you approach it and have well, i seen yeah. students who are um who have been my students in my in the kind of courses that we're talking about here uh go out and and do some of this work themselves and do it absolutely beautifully you bet and do i applaud and cheer them on absolutely
0: well that i know you do because i've known you to travel outside your You know, you're you're where you live. I mean, you've traveled even overnight to go and support, you know, um, people before because they were doing something they thought was very exciting or maybe for, you know, the first time, and you have actually gone just to be with them. And and, and that takes us back to you holding the sacred space for them, you know, that that then knowing that, you know, Deb may not be taking part in this today, but I know she's over there. And I know yeah. that she's she's I can feel her energy there supporting me. So I know that you actually do support people when they decide they're gonna, you know, give something a try. So um I hope we we need more people like you, Deb. We just need more people like you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, quit, Dale. I'm gonna be
1: embarrassed
0: now. <laughs> don't don't well, you know? I, I, you know, I, I feel like at our age, you know, we we have these uh, we have these matriarchs, you know, and they're all over the world. I mean, they are, and I'm just really hoping that the next generation will step up and 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 if we can stay connected, you know, we all stay connected. I know it will happen. Um, and the next generation will step up from the next one, and then the next one, and the next one. And see, that gets me emotional talking about that. But um, but I so believe in it too. And you know, just to, just to know someone that actually makes that happen is is wonderful. It's just wonderful. But you know, um, how much time do we have? Do you know if we have? We've got time we've left?
1: got about about five minutes.
0: Okay. Well, because I want to. My last question for you is, um, I just want to know, um, what would you like the listeners to know, what's important to you? What would you like for them to, to know about you that maybe no one ever has ever asked you to say before or you've never said to them before? What's important to you that you would like for them to know? That's not well. too personal. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I don't. I mean, you know, we'll we'll certainly keep it in the spirit of the podcast here. But, um, you know, Dale, I I think that if we can see that notion of connectedness and right. a really deeply personal way and if we can within that look at time differently because that's really all we have is to share our time with each other what we do with it how we share it you know we have different ways of of being in that but we, we have different ways of looking at time and that I remember my sweet uncle Albert saying, "Who was one of my teachers on the reservation the gift you the best gift you can give someone is your time
0: and it's I think the that one that, thing it's the one thing we all have equal amounts of
1: absolutely We get up true. every
0: day, everybody starts with the same amount, you know That's no right. matter what your what you're um if you're privileged or you're not privileged or you're uh sick or you're healthy or whatever we all wake up with the same amount of time i mean we we really know that there is no time but for the sake of living on this earth um and everybody worships it (laughs) but but we all wake up with the same amount of time every day so it is it's it's like currency you know we have the same amount of currency and time as the next person so it is uh it, it is a decision how we're going to spend it, you know. True. So yeah. so I would invite people to uh, to think about time
1: and how we live and connect on this planet and also to never stop learning. Never stop learning. And you know, I believe it was Eudora Welty who said that she, and I think she was from, oh, Lord, I'm, I'm embarrassed here. I think it was Jackson, Mississippi. And she was so afraid that she was going to read all the books in her library, and I don't know whether or not she did. But so, never stop learning. Don't don't do that. Keep reading. Keep learning. Keep keep listening. You know.
0: Well, I, I love that. I love that concept. And I heard somebody on TV one day say something about they asked this ninety year old person, you know, how do you, how do you stay so young? And he said, we well, just don't hang out with old people. You know, keep your mind young. It's what <laughs> it's what he was basically right. saying. You know, and that's what you're saying too. By by true. learning, always yeah. challenge your mind. You know, absolutely keep that. learning.
1: I, I have you know. a great niece who is um, three years old, and she's the coolest person on the planet. Period. I mean. I, every time I'm around her, the world fills with joy and she teaches me something and, and I'm so grateful for that tiny oh. little person, you know, and, and watching yeah. her grow. So, you know, I think we all can, can do that. And, you know, if I can, in the work that I write, uh, that I hope to get published, uh, will if get published. in my class, <laughs> if in my uh in my classes and, and the work that I do if there is something that resonates for folks and um, I, I'd you know, certainly check out my website uh, subscribe to my blog which is another way of, of finding out when something is coming up that I'm doing and and I would love to connect to more and more people I, I really would that would be
0: wonderful yes yeah, yes yeah, for sure well, I think you've given us so much today, and I hope the listeners have enjoyed it as much as I have, because even knowing you, uh, we've never sat down and had this conversation in this great of detail, and I learned a lot of things myself, you know, so um, I'm, just, I'm just so happy that you agreed to let me kind of put you on the spot here. I really it am. It was hard. It was hard but you know what (laughs) I knew you could handle it I knew you could (laughs) (laughs) thank you so very very
1: much for doing it Dale I certainly appreciate it
0: we appreciate you we we do and thank you for tuning in to um, Deb and Friends Quest for Connection and um, we'll see you next time I guess right and Absolutely. hopefully you'll have Deb talking as the host. <laughs> I've enjoyed all of you, okay? And Thank we'll you see you so next much, time. Dale. Take care. All righty. All right. Bye bye.